thank God once again to be in his house and to be gathered in his name and uh, for his word that, that gives us so, so much guidance and direction in our lives. Today I'm going to talk about something that um, I guess if there's a title to it, I'm going to call it So Much Better. So Much Better. That's, that's the, uh, the topic. And it's, uh, I'm going to be centered, focused in the book of Ether, the second chapter. So as soon as you, as soon as we say the book of Ether, and I hope that, um, I hope that we're all reading enough and hearing enough and studying enough of the Book of Mormon, when we say the book of Ether, we, we know that it's a, it's kind of a, if you want to call it a, flashback to an earlier time if you're reading from a historical sequence um, in, the, in the Book of Mormon it's, it, the first page starts around 600 BC and it moves through about a period of a thousand years and um, then at a certain point getting toward the very end of the book Moroni is compiling all these records that have been written over this time and he says, now I'm going to, now I'm going to take a, a translation of these gold plates that were um, found when the, when the Nephites came to this land. These gold plates were found, and they had a record of an earlier people. And this is the account in the book of Ether. So in the second chapter, the brother of Jared, that's the name of the, of the spiritual leader that most of us perhaps have heard of before, but he's the one that um, brought the people to this land many, many years ago. At the time of the Tower of Babel, or Babel, I guess I, guess I, I thought it was Babel, but Babel makes more sense when you think about the confounding of the languages. And the Lord had a work for these people. The Lord had favor on these people, and he brought them to a promised land. And we're going to read a little bit about that today. Um, in the second chapter of Ether, I'm going to just read uh, this morning starting with the, the 13th and 14th verses, and we'll do a little bit of back and forth and go back to an earlier part, but starting with the 13th and 14th verses, um, as the Lord led them from place to place, basically the brother of Jared prayed, he and his, he and his brother named Jared, as they were asking the Lord at the time of the tower, not to confound their languages, that they could stay together, that they wouldn't be just scattered like the rest of the people who couldn't even understand each other. The Lord blessed them so that they and their families and their acquaintances could still understand each other and were able to stay together as a group. And the Lord led them. He said, I'll lead you to a promised land. That was the promise and that was the, um, that was the situation of the people as we get into this um, 13th verse. So he's writing, he says, and now I proceed with my record. For behold, it came to pass that the Lord did bring Jared and his brethren forth, even to that great sea which divideth the lands. And as they came to the sea, they pitched their tents, and as they, and they called the name of the place Moriankamer. And they dwelt in tents, and dwelt in tents upon the seashore for the space of four years. And in the context of the story, the Lord said, I'm going to lead you, follow me, and, and I'm not reading the beginning of the chapter, but the Lord led them in a miraculous way. 
kind of like the way the Lord led Moses and the children of Israel as they, led, as they left Egypt. Very similar situation. He was leading them, promising them that he was going to take them to a better place. But they got to this, this point where they got to the seashore, the great sea which divideth the lands. And our understanding, our interpretation of that this morning um, is that it's the ocean, the ocean between the continents. Because the Lord was going to bring them to, from the old world where the tower was, where the Garden of Eden was. From the old world, he was going to bring them to this land, this American continent. So they were at the seashore, and they dwelt there, it says here, for the space of four years. In the next verse, in the 14th, it says, And it came to pass at the end of four years that the Lord came again unto the brother of Jared and stood in a cloud and talked with him. And for the space of three hours did the Lord talk with the brother of Jared and chastened him because he remembered not to call upon the name of the Lord. I'm going to stop there. It's going to be kind of an interesting situation that the Lord had promised them he was going to take them to a place that, and we're going to read it, we'll go back and read it a little bit later, a place that was um, a wonderful, blessed, promised land. And they got to a point, and he didn't say, oh, you're, you've arrived at the promised land. They just got to a point at the seashore, and they stayed there for four years. And it wasn't what the Lord had for them. The Lord had something more. It was, it was beyond where they were. But they were just there at the seashore. And if you think about it, I don't know, I thought to myself, and I haven't spent that many, um, I haven't spent that many hours, days, or months at the seashore, except to know that it's really nice. Um, people go away to go to the seashore. We used to live in New Jersey, and it was a, you know, it was a 45-minute drive, but it was something that you did. It's like, it's like really enjoyable. You could, you could find yourself wanting to stay there all the time. Um, if you've ever vacationed at some oceanside place, I don't know, if you're like me, if you've ever done that, you really were not happy when the time ended. Um, even, again, my wife and I, we lived in, in um, New Jersey. One, one year, we went down to Ocean City, Maryland, and it's just a few, not that far away. It seems like, well, what's the difference? You know, the, the, the ocean up here and the ocean down there. But Ocean City, Maryland, it had this amazing beach. The, the beach was easily 200 yards before, you know, of sand before you got to the water, and it was lots of people. It was really pleasant, and we had the opportunity, I don't know if it was a holiday weekend or whatever, but we went back to the bed and breakfast where we were staying, and we said, can we stay another night or two? I mean, we literally actually just decided on the spot. That's how nice it is at the seashore. So these people were at the seashore for four years, and they're like, this is really nice. <laughs> and in, in a way, and it says the Lord, he, the Lord um, ap appeared to the brother Jared, came to him and stood in a cloud for the space of three hours, chastened him because he remembered not to call upon the name of the Lord. The Lord is like, like, our, you know, what happened? What happened? Like, we were, we were on a journey. I was taking you somewhere, and you just stopped. You know, what's, what's going on? And, and I don't know, can we relate to that? I, I can. I'll raise my hand. I can relate to that. You, you kind of just get comfortable, like this is good, or this is even good enough. Like why, 
why should I like push myself to the next level? This is really fine. And the Lord's saying, I told you way back there, I have something much, much more for you. So that's, that's where they were at the end of four years. Now, it's kind of an interesting thing because in a natural sense, not, not necessarily a spiritual sense, but in the natural sense of life, it seems like we're always looking for something better. We're, look, we're looking for a better product, a, a more, a more um, luxurious project, product, um, hungry and thirsting for something better. It's our, like our flesh is just like looking for the, there's more out there, there's more to be had. Even the Garden of Eden, I think that part of what the serpent prompted Adam and Eve to do is like, hey, there's something here that you're not getting. And all it was was that one fruit on that one tree. But it's still, it's our human nature. It's like, just, we want this thing that you're not supposed to have. And, and that's, again, that's our flesh. But when it comes to the things of God and the spiritual things, there's more to be had. There's, there's infinitely more. Brother, Brother Pete this morning in Sunday school quoted the Apostle Paul. I forgot if it was in the Colossians or which book. But he said, I, had, I don't even pretend to have even apprehended even a, a fraction, a portion of what Christ has for me. That's how much the Lord has for us. But we're just not always hungering and thirsting for that. It's just not... It's not our natural appetite. Our natural appetite is for just things that immediately satisfy and gratify us. In the, in the things of the world, in the long run, the things of the world don't actually fulfill us. And if you think about, um, if you think about people who have enormous, come into enormous, you know, ridiculously enormous wealth, like if you think about... Um, Sports celebrities or movie stars or people just just have unbelievable amounts of just material ability to just have things. You you read and it's it's in the news all the time. You read a lot of these people are really very unhappy and they are they're they do all kinds they make all kinds of bad choices with the things that they have because they're looking for something better something more. But spiritually speaking, the Lord says here in I'll quote it out, out of uh, Third Nephi, but it's also certainly it's in in the book in the uh, Old Testament because it's part of the, the Ten Commandments. Um, or actually, no, I'm sorry. This is uh, the, the the Beatitudes that Christ spoke in Matthew five, but in the Book of Mormon it says here in Third Nephi, "Blessed are all they who do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled with the Holy Ghost." So that's that's the blessing where the Lord says, "There's there's." You're allowed to be, um, I guess, dissatisfied or, or uncomfortable with where you are. You're allowed to be that sense if, you, if it's a spiritual thing, if it's where you are with the Lord, because you have to know there's always something more to be had. There's always something better. So the, so the Lord is leading um, the brother of Jared and his, and his family and his group to start out for the next step. And like I said, they were at the, at the water's edge, they were at the seashore, and the Lord was waiting for them to step out. And it, it had to be a, a step of faith and a leap of faith. And that was really, um, and I'm not going to get into the, it as we skip on to the sixth chapter, because the experience that the brother of Jared has with the Lord is, is beautiful. Uh, all of chapter 3, 4, and 5 is about that. And finally, in the sixth chapter, they have this, this journey that, 
that they embark upon across the ocean. I'm going to go back a little bit in um, the second chapter of Ether about what the Lord had promised the brother Jared, what he knew, what the brother Jared knew from the words of, from the word of God, from the lips of the Lord, what he knew that he was supposed to do, where he was promised to go. And starting in the seventh verse of that second chapter. So we went, we talked about getting to the seashore, but I'm going to start now in the uh, seventh verse of that same chapter, going a little bit back, because they did, they did cross one, they did build barges in the sixth verse, and they did cross one body of water before they got to this ocean. But it says in the seventh verse, and the Lord would not suffer that they should stop beyond the sea in the wilderness, but he would that they should come forth even unto a land of promise, which was choice above all other lands, which the Lord God had preserved for a righteous people. And if you don't know it this morning, as I read this, the land of promise is the American continent that he's talking about. The Lord wanted to bring them to the land of America. And he had sworn in his wrath, this is the Lord, he had sworn in his wrath unto the brother of Jared that whoso should possess this land of promise from that time henceforth and forever should serve him, the true and only God, or they should be swept off when the fullness of his wrath should come upon them. And now we can behold the decrees of God concerning this land, that it is a land of promise, and that whatsoever nation shall possess it shall serve God, or they shall be swept off when the fullness of his wrath shall come upon them. And the fullness of his wrath cometh upon them when they are ripened in iniquity. For behold, this is a land which is choice above all other lands. Wherefore, he that doth possess it shall serve God or shall be swept off. For it is the everlasting decree of God, and it is not until the fullness of iniquity among the children of the land that they are swept off. And this cometh unto you, O ye Gentiles, that ye may know the decrees of God, that ye may repent and not continue in your iniquities until the fullness come, that ye may not bring down the fullness of the wrath of God upon you, as the inhabitants of the land have hitherto done. One more verse. Behold, this is a choice land, and whatsoever nation shall possess it shall be free from bondage and from captivity and from all other nations under heaven, if they will but serve the God of the land, who is Jesus Christ, who hath been manifested by the things which we have written. So this, is the, this was the promise that was given to the brother of Jared, that this was the place that he was, allowed, that he was promised to, to occupy and possess. And it wasn't at the seashore, wherever that was earlier that we read in the next couple of verses. It was, it was past that, and it took a lot for them to get across the, the waters. And if, again, if you, read, um, if you read into the next chapters, which I hope that you do, and I hope even more so that you're even familiar with how they built these amazing barges that were almost capable of being like submarines at, some, at certain point, and how the Lord gave them the ability to have air there in, in there, and he, he gave them the ability to have light in there. And all of these things were done by faith. And even just, just getting in the barges and, and pushing offshore was an act of faith. They spent 344 days in, in these barges coming to the promised land. Amazing account. The Lord blessed them. 
And as I just read these verses, and we usually don't read that much, but as I read these verses, and it says, even in the, in the um, 11th, this comes to you, O ye Gentiles. It's, it's like the writer who is, who is um, Moroni at this point, writing these, um, putting these scriptures together. The writer is saying, I'm telling you the story of the brother of Jared, but I'm telling you, the readers who, are the, who received this book, I'm telling you that this is a promised land. And if I, if I didn't read it once in these verses, I think I must have read it at least four times. This is a land the Lord set aside for those who would serve him. And that if they did not serve him, the Lord wouldn't allow them to remain here. And this morning, brothers and sisters, we are, it's so important for us to know what the word of God says. Not only just this one account, but what the word of God says about righteousness. Brother uh, Pete's been teaching a series this, this, in the Sunday school about the hours of righteousness. And the process of us individually coming to a point in our hearts and minds and souls where we desire to live righteously before God. And it's, and it's, yeah, it's the Ten Commandments. It starts with that. But it's so much more. And it's so much, so much requires not just our mind uh, and our knowledge, our intelligence. It so much more requires our heart, a desire, a love for the Lord, a desire to please him. And in all that, in all that love and pleasing God, our lives will be righteous and our lives will be, uh -oh, will be vessels to be used of God, will be vessels for the Holy Spirit of God to dwell in. And the, and the promise of this land is that the Lord would bless the people that live here. They would have liberty and freedom. And the, and the other side of it, as much as the Lord loves the entire, his entire creation unconditionally, when he makes a decree and a covenant, he also keeps that. The other side of it is if, if those who dwell on this land don't keep his commandments, if they are ripened in iniquity, he says they'll be swept off the land. And I'm not standing here this morning to preach to you doom and gloom because there's other scriptures, there's lots of scriptures that promise us that if we are truly remaining faithful and righteous in our heart is truly uh, just drawn out to God, and then we can truly recognize our own inability to even to redeem ourselves and truly recognize that the Lord sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross and that his blood is what paid the price for our sins. If we stay in that and are faithful and walk faithful, that no matter what happens in the world and in the land, um, the Lord will save and preserve the righteous. And that doesn't just go for the members of the Church of Jesus Christ or the people in this room. It's the righteous. It's everybody who loves the Lord. Everybody who sees Jesus Christ truly, from the bottom of their heart, truly sees Christ as their Savior. The Lord is going to preserve them. But I'm not here to give you current events, but if you look around you, not, not everybody in the world has got that, that view of who the Lord is. They, they don't view him that way. They don't respect him that way. They don't respect his commandments that way. And that's the world we're living in. Again, this morning, I, we, don't, we don't want to, uh, we don't need to inform you of what's going on out there. I, I think we can talk about it at home ourselves, among our families. We, we see what's going on. But the Lord blessed this land. He brought people here. You know, these people I'm reading about, the brother of Jared, if you read the entire book of Ether, 
It's horrible. They, they, they came here and they enjoyed the blessings of God and they were a blessed, blessed people. But as they began to bring iniquity and sin into their lives, they literally ended up destroying each other. And there was, there was no one left. I mean, the Lord, the Lord allowed one person to, to live long enough to see the next group come to this land, to see the Nephites come to this land. Or actually, it was, it was um, the people of, of Mulek that they encountered when they came here. But truly, truly, the Lord has promised that if they would leave him, that they would be swept from the land. And even the Nephites and the Lamanites, at some point after the Lord Jesus visited them on this land, they fell into iniquity, and they also were destroyed and annihilated. And again, this morning, I'm not threatening anybody. I'm not preaching doom and gloom. I just, I'm telling you and I'm reminding you, and I want you to be aware that the Lord, as loving as he is and as long-suffering as he is, the Lord is not going to um, allow sin to go on forever. That good and truth and righteousness in God is going to triumph over everything that we see in the world. And this morning, I, I don't have time to go into it. There's so many promises of what good is going to come after that, of the, the mountain of the Lord's house and the kingdom of God on the face of the earth and the knowledge of the, of the Lord covering the earth as the waters cover the sea. I could go on with prophecies of that, and they're true. They're things that we should be hoping for and hanging on to as we go through things. But I just, my, my point in, in speaking to you this morning is that the Lord has things for us in our life. Like the brother of Jared staying at the seashore, the Lord has us for our lives spiritually to go to the next level in our closeness with him, in our relationship with him. As Brother Pete said this morning, all of us individually could perhaps write down or, or make a note to ourselves what we could be do, doing more of to draw closer to the Lord and even what we could be doing less of to draw closer to the Lord. And I would hope that we'd be reflecting upon these things in our lives daily and not just plodding forward um, and not just dwelling at the seashore because, oh, I have a good job, um, I'm comfortable, things are good for me. That's, that's all good. I'm, I'm thankful that God is blessing you if that's the, the situation that you're in. But the Lord has more for us. And it's not to say that we have to leave everything that we have, but we need to just seek to draw closer to him, follow his leading, and trust him that even um, as these people were required to leave that comfortable place at the seashore and go to another place, trust him to know that where God is going to take us is so much better than even the best of what we think that we have today. So may God bless you this morning, and I would encourage you to learn the Word of God, to be familiar with it, because it's truly a, a light unto our path, a lamp unto our feet. It truly will lead us in ways of truth, because we live, a, we live in a world where truth is relative, it's kind of bending, it's flexible, but this, this is the, the truth. The Bible and the Book of Mormon is the Word of God. It's true, it's unchanging. It's the same as it was. Um, right is the same as it always was. Wrong and sin is the same as it always was. And we need to know what that is in the world that we live in. We're getting all kinds of messages that turn us away. So pray for us individually. Pray for us as a branch that we might even move to that next level individually. Pray for our children and the world they live in, the schools, the, the not, not anything against the schools themselves, but just 
the fact that they're lit, they're entering into society and they're just surrounded with stuff that I suppose our parents thought the same thing and I, even our grandparents might have thought the same thing, but just more and more out there to um, confuse us and to turn us away from the truth of God's word. So may God bless you. May you be firm and steadfast in the word of God is my prayer today. I really enjoyed our brother's remarks. And uh, just to kind of throw another little aspect of this, um, you know, that um, it wasn't just for them. It was the legacy that if they would have stayed where they were at, if they would have just said, you know, I'm comfortable where I'm at, if they were just focused on themselves, their, their future generations would not have been on the promised land. And, um, you know, just thinking in terms of the, uh, the blessing of the gospel, you know, it's not just about us. It's about, about transforming the world around us, about um, giving our kids a heritage of an understanding of the gospel and how the power of God. And when we play it safe like this and just say it's about my comfort right now, you know, if we have that attitude, so our, my comfort right now, we are robbing our, our kids of, um, of that legacy, of that inheritance. And I think also in terms of when we, when we raise our kids, if we're just telling them to be concerned about their personal right now reputation what you know get the most out of enjoying your life right now rather than looking forward and saying what's the most important thing you know and I think back on um, just a couple generations in my family my, my grandparents uh, were all poor Sicilians literally poor Sicilians that that really didn't have much and uh, coming to America was like a dream of a better future for them and for their families and I have both of my grandfathers dug ditches till they were 65 years old in, in Detroit they dug they worked for the water company they weren't educated they didn't speak English and they literally worked their entire adult life digging ditches through the winter um, you know in the, with a pick in the winter time whatever that was their their life 40 hours a week and and I think to myself that's like prison, you know. I mean, you know. I mean, it's that's miserable. It's bad enough to be in Detroit, but um, <laughs> although it's changed now, I hear that Detroit, you know, downtown is nice. But anyway, just the fact that they 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 were thinking, you know, that this is a better life. You know, for them, relative to being impoverished and worried about having enough to eat, they were just glad to have food on the table and and have a job and all that kind of stuff. But what it meant for us was that we had the opportunity for education. And you know, my parents graduated high school. My generation, everybody's got college. And we've been able to, to elevate ourselves um, in terms of material and, and you know, education and all that kind of thing. But more importantly, the inheritance that we got is the gospel of Jesus Christ. That dwarfs all of the material wealth. It dwarfs all the success. And we can find ourselves pushing our kids that the, the definition of success is something other than the gospel, that it's about getting trophies for sports or it's about getting degrees or it's about 
uh, getting recognition for our musical talent or whatever it is, you know, that all these things can be, you know, they're not bad things, but they can be distractions that take us away from the real legacy, the important one, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because if we have that legacy, as our brother said, the Lord's going to take care of all the other stuff. And we've seen that in our life over and over again. When you put the Lord first, the other things fall in place. And I, um, sometimes it amazes me how um, even in just doing things day by day, I, and I don't know how, how other people have experienced this, but I find that, that the Lord puts things in sequence, and I'm just amazed sometimes that, that he, even on my job, even in our personal life, when we have something that needs to be accomplished, I see the Lord's hand work. If I put him first, then he takes care of the details and, and um, makes things possible and um, directs us to people. And I know that we are, um, you know, and, and this, this seems like a silly thing, but we're remodeling our house, okay? And the Lord has just directed us to people that we're getting it done faster and, and for a lot less money than I would have imagined. And I just, uh, I just look and I'm kind of, it, it's like, so I, I never would have found this person or this wouldn't have happened or whatever. I just have to thank God because I know that he's uh, in the matter and I think he just likes to just show himself in little increments sometimes. Not that it's easy, but um, it just seems like, like throughout my life I can look back and see where he just put things in place. If I put him first, that the other details. And, and that's, that's part of that legacy of just being, having our life in God's hands and not everything's going to go good. You know, we've had problems in our life, too. But when I look back at some of those problems, those have been some of the, the best periods for growing and learning and uh, coming to a point of faith where we see how, how God gets us through those things and how he has something better on the other side. And I think that's really a lot of what our lesson was today, that God's got something better on the other side, and we can't be afraid to just follow his direction and run with it and not be afraid of the hardship. When they cross, you know, I read about when they cross the ocean and those barges that they made, those little submarines, and that was miserable, you know, it really was. But God had something so much better on the other side. And for us in this life, you know, we, we, uh, they had a memorial service yesterday for Brother Brian's sister. I was listening to it. And, and it just reminds us that what's on the other side is so much brighter. And, um, you know, uh, we, we just have this great hope, and we know that the Lord is... is will take us through and it's not going to be easy but it's going to be worth every minute of it it's going to be worth all of it so i thank god today for his goodness and his love all right we're going to do a little experiment <clears throat> olivia stand up oh you're on the spot here hallie you stand up Holden, I'm going to ask you a question. You're going to look at these two, and uh, this is a story that um, is found by Jesus. It's a, it's a great story. Um, so your two daughters, and just pretend that you've got, uh, I better put the, uh, yeah, I don't know where it's at. It's okay. I'll stay right here. I'll stay here. 
Let's pretend that your dad asked you um, to work for him, okay? So Olivia, your dad says, Olivia and Hallie, I want you guys to go down today and work in my store, and I need you to work all day. Holden, you're listening to this, right? Okay. Now, Olivia, she does this, Holden. I will not. Austin's not here this morning, but Nicole is. Hey, Nicole, does that ever happen? Okay. But Olivia, guess what you do? Hold on, you listening. You say, you know what? I'm sorry, Dad. And then you go work at the store all day. Don't give him any clues yet. Hallie, your dad asked you the same question, and you go like this. Okay, Dad. And then you get distracted, and you never go to the store. Okay, you two can sit down. Hold it. Which one is the one that the dad's happy with? Olivia. Olivia. You sure? Yeah. Why? Right. Great answer. Even though she stomped her feet and she said no. And then she repented and did it, right? And even though Hallie went, okay, Dad, <laughs> and got distracted and never went, and Hallie, that never happened, right? You don't do that. Her mom and dad isn't here, by the way. But I was in the car with her dad all last week up and back to uh, San Carlos. And I can give you a Jeep story. I'm sure Holden could help me with this one. Give you a Jeep story that would blow your mind. And it didn't blow the engine, thank God. It just was the water pump, right? Okay. Do you guys get the picture? Who of us wouldn't want to run to a place that we would be blessed above all other places? And oh, by the way, this is what they asked for coming out of the Tower of Babel. I still say Babel. Sorry. This is what they asked for. They wanted a place to, 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 to put roots down, to, to, to be blessed above all other places. They asked for it. Now, you know what not calling upon God means, guys? You know what that means? Okay. It means that you didn't ask, what's next, Lord? You know, I, I had two sons. I won't name them because then you're going to know which one's which. I won't do that. But I had one son, <laughs> he wanted to know the plan right from the get-go. Dad, lay it out for me. No, I'm going to give you the first step, because if I lay it all out for you, you're going you're to forget it, right? And then I had another son that just would take orders. Never question, just take orders, right? Which son do you think I used to be a little bit more challenged with, right? The brother of Jared needed to ask, what's next? I, you already told me you want me to go to a land of promise. What's the next step, Lord? I, I got to believe the Lord. See, the Lord doesn't give us all the steps, does he? Amen? 
He wants us to ask and wait in faith, asking, what's next, Lord? I'm ready. But that didn't happen here. And so, oh my goodness, there's this prize waiting. You know, brothers and sisters, this is for them, and it was the promised land, and like Brother Tim said, it was for blessings of children and generations to come. You know what else? There's this wonderful land of promise that we've been given. It's in the kingdom above. Yeah? Amen? And the Lord wants us to get there. He doesn't want us to be slothful down here. He wants us to get there. And we should be diligent in what's next, Lord. Amen? What's next? What do you want me to do, Lord, to help people find their way to the promised land? Oh, my, oh, my. That's, that, that's the goal. Finding our way. Think about the millions upon millions of people that found their way to this promised land. All because the brother of Jared finally had an alignment conversation. I don't know about you. I have never had anyone chastise me for three hours. My dad and mom's chastisement used to be like quick. <laughs> it was, you're going to listen, right? Mm, sometimes it was maybe a little bit more of a, a correction um, uh, than a conversation, if you know what I mean. But it was quick. Three hours? I wonder what the Lord told him for three hours. Oh my, I gotta believe it was so inspiring. Because I don't read anymore where the brother Jared got distracted after that. Matter of fact, I read where he ex exhibited faith like no other. Amen? So whatever the Lord told him stuck in his heart and stirred him. And so don't, don't ever despise the chastisement of your parents and People that want to give you correction, especially the young, it's good for you, right? Even though you don't like going through it, it's good. And be those kind of children that even though you might not like it, and you might even say no, but quickly you repent and you complete the task. That, that, that's, that's, what, that's what this lesson to me uh, was all about. And I, I, I don't want us to be complacent, brothers and sisters. God's got a way better, better land for us, a way better um, condition in our life. Whether it's in this life, and we're striving for that promised land and that promised time, right? The kingdom of peace, the kingdom of Zion, or it's in what, or what comes first, right? For us is the is is the kingdom of heaven. Oh, I I can't. Either way, I want to be diligent and not be slothful like this happened. Don't believe he forgot to call upon the Lord. I gotta believe he prayed and he, you know, how could he yeah, pray for your food and all that? I believe all that. He just didn't ask what's next to get to the next to the next part of the journey. Stopped. Don't stop, brothers and sisters. Especially the plan for us uh, to get to the promised land. So may God bless you is my prayer. We're gonna take time out uh, for some testimony. Um, smaller group today. Um, let's still be focused in our testimony. Let's be short, brief to the point, and let's be quick to praise the Lord. And then after that, we'll, uh, we'll go into our communion service. May God bless you is my prayer.
especially in the Mesa area, probably were watching the news and saw the events on Saturday of the uh, Gilbert Road extension that opened up. Um, and I'll rewind everyone back to 2016 in March when I got my layoff notice after my 